0: you are listening to the one of dot net podcast network
1: okay there was a, a hashtag on twitter that was uh trending i guess maybe yesterday that was make a band less interesting like I always like those. I think that like that's like like that's the that's the flavor of Twitter. I just appreciate like, like yeah
0: by changing the name or changing personnel. Or yeah, yeah it it's just Well, so, so it's like
1: um, one of the entries. One somebody suggested um, uh, write a strongly worded letter against the machine. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's way more interesting yeah. actually. Yeah, Steely Pan was another one that was that was put out there. So there's a, yeah there are a lot of puns that end up uh, cropping up. Of course, so you were drawn. So right. I appreciate. Yeah, I was. I, you know, let us look beyond that. The, uh, but but also um, some stuff that's pretty funny. So I would say, if you are if you are listening and you're also familiar with the Twitter, um, go check out the Make a Band uh, Less Interesting hashtag. It's my little PSA for the start of the show.
2: When you said just now, when you said uh, there was like, I, for some reason my brain filled it in like there once was a something like that. Like you were going to be a minstrel. For a oh, no. Yeah, there'll be no limericks.
1: I'm not going to. No, there'll be
0: no. Well, I don't know. I mean,
2: you're, you've already punned it. So. Are we going to
0: do pub chants or are we going to play some theme music? What is pub chant? What is that? That's where you like loft your beer to and fro. Is that like and, a. And I like get knocked like down.
2: Is that a tub like drinking thing? songs? I don't know, man. Okay, fine. I'm Shane.
1: I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. Today, I think it's today, is the two-year anniversary of Bowie's passing. Yeah, I think your wife posted about that on Facebook. Yeah. She was all bummed out. Well, she
0: didn't go visit the trophy with you. She did go visit the trophy with you. Oh, did she? Me. All right. Yeah. It was good
1: for her to get out of the house. I think, she, I think it was as much about uh, needing coffee as it was about uh, uh, re- hearkening back to uh, to Mr. Bowie. But she did listen to a lot of Bowie around the house. So well, You could do far worse. Anyway, yeah. So... Uh, two years gone. The uh, extra thin Duke, however, that works. But Very thin at this yes, point. Yes. dimensional
0: uh, Did you guys see that? Um, Radiohead suing Lana Del Rey. That was the well, other thing. Well, they're, they're talking. Not, they're not. Suing
2: they're Lana they're Del
1: Rey. in discussion.
2: They and they released. They released a statement yesterday that said that not only are they not pursuing her for, um, they're not. Suing her as at this point. They've never – she put on her Twitter or whatever that they've been asking only for 100% of the royalties. And they and said, yeah, and she
0: offered like 40% or something. Yeah, but,
2: but the statement that was released yesterday, their spokesperson said they have never at any point asked for only 100%.
0: Well, the song in question – so here's the irony. The song in question is Creep, which they got sued by – The Hollies. Um, the Hollies. Well, they, the writers of the song were Albert Hammond Sr., a father of Albert Hammond Jr. of the Strokes. Uh, And some other guy that I didn't recognize. Yeah, so let's just say the Hollies. Yeah, but the Hollies. Yeah, but um, but it was the songwriters who actually sued them, and they settled with them, and then turned around and and are threatening legal action with Lana Del. Well, okay,
2: but okay, what you're doing right now is that what everyone's been doing that, that you know, like they put out a statement that said blah blah blah, whatever it said. But this all comes from one tweet that Lana Del Rey put out, all of this, like, outrage and outcry. Like, nobody really knows. Well, like she's a
0: little suspect.
2: But yeah, but know, no, anybody that takes to Twitter, in my opinion, is a little suspect. Oh, hey. You know? Hey. Well, not, not hey, sir. Complex, t- no, just the state <laughs> shit without it corroborated. You know, like, it comes from the top. Yeah, the fish rots from the head, but, you know, like, whatever. Um, people that just take to Twitter. You can't like whatever headlines or whatever were taken from like Alana Del Rey's one tweet that she could have like been drunk or whatever when she sent. It. Who knows? It, my point is like like no actual well, information. She, she, is, is, she has
0: been known to
1: display some erratic.
0: behavior Everybody's in the past.
2: been known to display to display some erratic behavior on social media. I would like point.
1: to I would like to just state for the record that I think when all of the dust settles, we'll realize that all of the money should be going to Marvin Gaye's estate. So as long as... Yeah, certainly. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And you it's you
0: like a, a sharp legal mind. My oh,
1: no, it's nothing but books up here. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. And clearly some dust. So... <laughs> all right. You guys want to talk about a
0: record?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: sure.
0: All right.
2: So I couldn't find the record that I wanted to... Well, I, I can't... Yeah, this
0: doesn't sound like Texas outlaw country no, at it, all. Okay.
2: So let me say this. like oh, the outlaw part, baby. Yes. if If one were to drive... I don't know, from Austin to San Antonio and then like pull off the road somewhere outside of New Braunfels and go into a truck stop and pee on the way out. They had like a dollar cutout bin. You would be able to find the, the album that I wanted us to listen to this week in that dollar That's cutout bin. It's a really
0: bin. specific thing to task our listeners. <laughs> However, having to no, follow no, no. Along.
2: <laughs> what I'm saying, get, bear with me. What I'm saying is you could find it in the in in the in the bargain CD bin at a, at a truck stop, but you can't find it on Spotify or YouTube or, or anywhere else on the Internet. Um, oh, you're talking about what you wanted, what to, wanted yeah. to play. What I wanted to play. Well, save it. So, um, oh, no, no, no. I haven't let go of the dream yet. Okay. Because it's going to be fun to talk about if I eventually can make it happen. Okay. But, um, so, I've wanted to talk about – okay, so, I've wanted to talk about – this band for a while, um, Guns N' Roses. And initially, what I wanted to do was pick one of the Use Your Illusion albums because I, I, I don't know them as well as I do their, the album that I, that I ended up picking. However, when I went to see, I was like, well, well, which album has fewer songs that I know on that double album, Use Your Illusion 1 or 2? Use Your Illusion 1 or usual illusion 2. I don't know. There's November Rain, some other fucking shit songs, but each one, I think, uh, um, Civil War is on one of those. Okay, I well, it, it's irrelevant. They're they're bad songs, but um, right. but I felt like torturing everybody a little bit because I couldn't get what I wanted. However, each of those albums, each one, one and two, were seventy five plus minutes long, and I'm not going to do that to anybody. I'm mean, but I'm not that fucking mean, dude. I'm not gonna make you sit and listen to Axl Rose's bloated head for seventy five minutes. So Thanks for that. You're welcome. That is and see that's 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 mercy right there. Is it? It oh, you wanna to? I I'll take one challenge I'll take one of those motherfuckers next Don't. time I have I mean, you can. Okay, so what oh, like all of a sudden, Kevin's like a 16- year old, like, you're not my real dad. You can. <laughs> well, you're the one you, the, the thing that you neglect to
1: mention in your uh, massive send-up of why we're not listening to another record is that A, you still have more records you could pick, and B, uh, you have to listen to it too. So,
0: oh no, but, I
2: know, but I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm fine with going through it once. It, it doesn't pain me as much. So anyway, uh, have we
0: mentioned which one you eventually?
2: Banked? We have not. So, appetite for destruction is the one that I picked, and for a lot of different reasons. And um. And Mark, you texted a little bit about this yesterday or or day before. Um, and I want I want to get to that. Uh, and I want to get to a lot of of this, but. There are funny things to talk about about this record. There's serious things to talk about this record. And there's interesting things to talk about about this record. Like, um, so I don't know really necessarily how to kick it off other than...
3: What are we going to do for the other 50 minutes of the podcast?
2: What do you mean? Ah. Oh, like this. I'm saying there's serious things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh. I'm just
3: saying that I think we can get through all of that pretty quickly. (laughs) Well, I I don't
2: necessarily know because... Because to my surprise, I actually l- somewhat liked this record. Um, cool. Well,
0: Mark. Okay, so Mark on our group thread was said something derisive about like having. Uh, oh, heard the stuff between the singles and like, you know, like you can tell that he's just rolling his eyes. And there are a couple think, songs on here that I think are fucking dogs. Uh, Me too. But there's some. But dogs. listening to this this record in context
2: with what was super popular, it's a really fucking good album. Like for that genre, I actually agree a lot about that. I was I was really surprised um, in a couple of different ways. Okay, like let's just let's face facts right off the bat, Alec, uh, Alex. Alex, Rose's voice is annoying as fuck. In a lot of ways, it's an acquired taste. Okay, I, it doesn't annoy me, but I can definitely it, see how it, it, it would annoy somebody. Sometimes it doesn't annoy me, but it's pretty annoying. Also, um, he might, in certain songs, give Noel Gallagher a run for his money. Like what stupid or lyrics? Most what do you mean? Or, like yeah, stupid nonsense lyrics. Yes, like, sure.
3: yeah, like multiple categories.
2: Let's. No, I mean there's no, there's no. There's well, I mean, no way that I would compare Axel Rose and, and Noel Gallagher. I mean, other than hubris. Um, well, that's they, they what I, that's that what train. I meant. Yeah. like
1: there's a, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of an onion there. There are a few sure few things you could talk about. No, I, I get there. what you're saying, I, I, but
2: no, I'm talking about, and we'll go ahead and read at some point in, during this broadcast. We'll read the uh, the lyrics to "Sweet Child of Mine" and and see if no, those are those are Gallagheresque. Gallagher esque, I think he fucking taught Noel Gallagher that. Well, no, at least with "Sweet Child of Mine," which which definitely top five worst lyrics of a number one song that I've ever heard. um, At least they're coherent in a way that Noel Gallagher's at his dumbest. Slowly walking down the hall faster faster than than a camel, but not even that. Like, there's lots of question marks. Like, yeah. So, I was okay. The, okay, so the, there's shitty drumming on it. There's way too much... Can there be cowbell on it? Like, I think that's the genesis of fucking... I need more cowbell. There's cowbell on, like, every goddamn song. But Slash... I know, his name is Slash. His guitar sounds amazing. There's some He's fucking... He's a badass. There's some you hooks. Know he and Lenny
0: Kravitz were, like, best buds in high school, too. They,
2: we, I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, like,
0: two mixed-race guys who play guitar in L.A. And
2: that can write hooks like a motherfucker. Look, we'll get through... This like the fact that that look, I don't love this record, but it is undeniable that there are some fucking hooks on it. And also in 1987, can you imagine like a number one multi platinum selling album? Like, the song Mr. Brownstone is about fucking waking up and scoring heroin and shooting heroin. The chorus is, I used to do a little and the little wouldn't do it, so a little got, got more, more and more. more. I mean, like, that's... Wow, wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, see, <that's> the, <laughs> see, there's the caveat to everything that's good about this record. Like, there's something interesting. You feel like they lived it. You know, like Night Train, it's about Dude, I was trying
0: on. to find it to send to you guys. Like, years ago, I read an article. I think it was in Playboy. They do have articles. It's true. I've heard that. Yeah, people. Anyway, people, It was, it was about you, the early years of Guns N' Roses, like before you know they became you know the, the known entity that they were, and like they fucking lived the rock and roll cliche lifestyle, like hardcore. A bunch of them all in the same shitty room and like banging girls left and right and getting
2: wasted constantly. And uh, I mean, they did it, and it's, it's kind it's, of dangerous music in a way that easily got. I mean, it kind of is the weird missing link in a way between Poison and Nirvana. Like, it's... it's Well, okay, it, so I, I also... And keep
0: in mind, like, I was like 14, 15 years old when this record was coming on. So it, like, hit me like a ton of bricks. And, like, all my friends... I never actually owned it, but all my friends did. So I heard it quite a bit back then. Um, but it, well, I was just right exactly the right age for this to, to nail me. Um, but... I remember seeing uh, a documentary about a year, year and a half ago, um, and it, they interviewed their A&R guy. And, like, this this record didn't... Did he, ame- did he hear a single? He heard lots of them. Uh, but, like, you know, he, he kept having to press Geffen to, like, push it more because, like, it didn't immediately hit. Uh, but what he noted, and I think this is totally true, is that, you know, fans of bands like Poison and Winger and Warrant and all that other crap um, would will, will like this, as would fans of Metallica and Iron Maiden and stuff that was generally taken a little more seriously by, you know, <laughs> your your hardcore metal heads. Like, everybody could latch onto this.
2: Well, it's 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 kind of raunchy, but also it's not too hard. It kind of reminds me of, like, um, early Motley Crue in the sense that, like, there's, there's not as much artifice in there. There's a little bit of it, but, um, again, like, we're like talking this album up big time. Let's like, like won't you pick one to? Sure, play sure. But on. I want to say before we do that, like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is by no stretch of the imagination my favorite album in the world. I'm surprised how much I ended up liking it. Um, but we'll listen to a song, and when we get back, let's listen to the other side of the coin. So why don't we just do the big single right now? Because I have two other songs I want to listen to that are that are off the beaten path. But let's do Welcome Through the Jungle." Huge fan of that song in general. I feel like the, they pushed the beat way too much. Like the drumming is just not that great on this record. Everybody else, I think all the other musicians are pretty. I feel like it's a pretty good sounding I record did overall. I uh, No, it's a pretty good song. I just I feel like it's so hurried and like if they slowed it, I don't know what it is. Like there's a, there's a lot of notes in there that it just it doesn't ever sink into like a you want groove. The, like, the
0: recliners version of it where it's like uh, no croonery.
2: no blah, blah, blah. okay so a lot of the rest of this record like they actually do settle into a groove unfortunately you have to like suffer that one like seems like it could a little bit or it could be faster and be like more of a punk song i don't know what it is like but that hook is undeniable like the welcome to the jungle like also it's very evocative lyrically of course then you have to deal with the you know, which, Yeah. Which as exactly. annoying as fuck, but again,
0: a hook. I mean, it's just kind of celebrating that LA cliche of like, you know, boy from the sticks comes out
2: and like yeah, you know, but and I mean, caught up in this crazy lifestyle. But 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 it seems visceral to me, um, overall. I don't necessarily love that song, but but I look, man, this is like right about six months before like fucking uh Straight out Compton came out They're giving street level views Of fucking dirty LA And like I can understand Why people would be captivated By that shit you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: Like both sides of that coin
0: Well Axl Rose like leaves Indiana As William Bailey and then by the time this record Comes out he's Axl Rose
2: No 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 leather pants. No I mean you're right about what you're saying But I'm saying like you know like why gangster rap like a lot of people got initially Like really drawn to it Was to see like that CD side of, of fucking, you know,
0: South well, Central general, LA. This record like does the same thing just for white people, right?
2: No, that's what I'm saying. But you get to see it's a different kind of like gritty, CD life from the street level view. Mark, of, at some I,
0: point you should pull up the original uh, cover art for this record, and the retailers wouldn't stock it. Uh, uh, anyway. We don't have to go on and on about that, but I, I genuinely yeah, think that's I, on and
2: It's a way to open a record. Axel Rose kind of looks like Chucky from Tommy Boy. Yeah, he's kitchen. put
0: on a little uh, weight. Um, but that's all right. You know, it happens with age. Here we go. Um, yeah, there's a like a chick like passed out in skid row with her panties down oh, no, they, on her ankles. Yeah,
2: they it, it, in the it, that was on the inside of the CD. Well, no, they
0: ended up using it on the inside, but this was supposed to be on the cover. And... Um, surprisingly, Walmart
2: bucked. Yeah, big surprise. Okay, boys, so tell us from the other side of the table. Mark, you had things to say.
3: So, I just, I mean, I don't know if I agree with the the sound quality of, even these the three, like, hits that came out this album. I feel like this whole thing is really thin. I, I feel like the production of it was, it does sound it's, thin. It's really poorly balanced. I think you've got some amazing artists playing some amazing like, the the guitar riffs are it's incredible. a little it's a little
2: mid range I wouldn't say
3: thin as much as mid range. But I, I well, it feels it feels thin to me. I the guess the drums is,
2: sound is, really thin. Like I think the bass and the heaviness of the of Slash's guitar sound pretty weighty. So I'm the, guessing you would have liked more of like really a
0: Zeppelin style production. Than what we ended up with here, which is more of like your hair metal. I don't know, and and, and you know, well, I agree with that to some deal. degree.
3: I don't, and this, you know, I, I can't cast my mind back to to what albums were really coming out sounding like back then, but but you know, filtered through today's lens, where you've got a lot more low end in in. They really boost that bass so up a, a lot more. They fired the first guy
0: that was doing it, and then they, I think they scrapped it and just started over. Um,
3: I just, I, I don't know. I, as as I listened to this, uh, and, and I would, you know, I, I did not latch onto the uh, the the non singles off of this album, but even when the singles came up, I just, you just needed, I felt underwhelmed by you
0: just needed to EQ your boombox. Well, I tried that. Oh, yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> I hear it. Hear there, there's actually some, the, the
2: non-singles, like there's a couple on here for me personally. Again. By the way, Spotify is missing
0: uh, a song on here. It's so easy. Yeah. That's uh, on this record and it's not on Spotify. I don't know. Maybe there's some, some
2: fucking, maybe there's some like uh, licensing things. I mean, it's got to be. be what, it, like, what yeah,
0: it is. I haven't got a clue. Um, maybe Linda Ronstadt, like a. Uh, so them that's like, probably no
1: yeah <laughs> isn't that a lyndon ronsett song dad would know kevin what were your thoughts yeah i think it is well <clears throat> it's probably fair to start with the admission that i've never connected with guns and roses i've never got why i never un- like you know obviously you move as many units as these guys did back in the day and this record was everywhere and omnipresent and it wasn't one of these deals where it's like I didn't get into it because uh, I, not to be one of the gang or any of that business I just never connected with this sound like I do I do hear the idea that there is this the the, the possibility of some connective tissue between fans of bands or the hair bands like Poison and maybe a little bit of like approaching things with more heft like you would end up seeing on the on the, you know, the more authentic uh, takes uh, by the flannel uh, laden set, but ultimately it feels a little bit more plastic to me. Like I've just, I I get the songcraft on the hits. Like I totally think that okay, they're well put together. I totally see why people like these. I get why they're played, but there is a fawning adoration for this band and in particular this record. But certainly, like this, they're just. Folks who have always just loved this band, and I just don't get it. I've never gotten it. So it is with that lens in mind that I did think it was really fascinating to read. Um, Part of the Rolling Stone take on this was that, uh, that Appetite for Destruction was among the last classic rock records to be mastered with vinyl in mind. To be edited with a razor blade applied to... I'm quoting now. To be edited with a razor blade applied to two-inch tape to be mixed by five people frantically pushing faders at a non-automated mixing board. And then they the produ- They talked to their producer and engineer, Mike Klink, and he said, we use classic instruments and classic amps. Our approach was very reminiscent of stuff that was being done in the 60s and early 70s. And the assistant mixing engineer, who they gave a credit on the record as Victor the fucking engineer on the album said that it could also. He said it could almost be seen as one of the last of those types of records from Layla to Abbey Road on Down. It could be seen as the last great rock record made totally by hand. Now, if you're the engineer, I totally understand how that would. If that is physically what happened, why you would end the record ended up being really big. I can see why that would be your opinion. But on the you know the flip side of that argument is I've also read things by pretty reputable writers that talked about the fact that like. In the CD age, and this bridged like the last of some of the vinyl age with the advent of the real, you know, of people really getting into well, CDs. This was, this
0: was right in the heart of like cassette time, like, yeah. and still some vinyl around, but like people were really switching over to CDs.
1: Well, the, yeah, the, anyway, the suggestion has been made that it was it was also, it was not only the last of the album albums, but it was also the first, or the you know, the vinyl forward albums, but it was also the first... Of these, how about a few hit songs and a bunch of filler CDs? And I can kind of see both sides of that argument. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the legend of this record was how fast these guys were blowing through their advances. Like that is, you know, that is that's a probably a little bit of um, a nugget of of the music industry gone by. That you know, you have this overnight sensation record of sorts. That sells 15 million copies. Oh, they didn't probably see a
0: dime of it for a while either. Well,
1: but but still like you get these advances and then they're living, you know, and they're they have the the quote air quotes, rock and roll ethos happening where, you know, Flash is doing what Flash is doing. And you know, Axl Rose looks like Axl Rose. Like it's all this fucking mythology that has less to do with the music and more to do with the the image.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you're totally right about that. But that's one thing about like rock and roll bands, and you can you can attribute that like back to Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath or even to Elvis or whatever. Like part of it, it's part and parcel, don't you think? It's like, romanticized to
0: oh, sure, to
2: be a, like crazy. Well, they crazy.
1: wanted the myth. They they as as artists well, before they got big, they wanted the myth, they and they were really upfront about that.
2: You know, I, I keep wanting to say, like, you know, but they lived it, but who gives a shit if you lived it or not? Like, live the fucking myth. Like, live the lie. I don't know. You know All Steve, right, Steven Adler, the
0: original drummer, like, that was on this record, he sued them because he said that they got him addicted to heroin
2: and then fired him for being a heroin addict. Yeah, and then he had a stroke from fucking smoking too much crack, so, um, which is a true thing. Uh, let's listen to Mr. Brownstone. I like
3: this song. I love this song.
0: Like, you guys keep saying three singles. Weren't there four? Like, this, Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome oh, to the Jungle. Oh, that was the single. It was Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise was not a single? City. Uh, Paradise City and and, uh, and Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, uh, but Mr. Browns, because, like, this was one that, like, my friends would always play. Like, I I heard as much as I heard any of the other singles. Because it sounds like it should be a single. It's got a hook to it. Well, and plus, we were, like, 14, 15 years old, and none of us knew anybody who'd like someone else, somebody, none of us knew anybody that fucking that did, did heroin. heroin, like or at least we didn't know we did. We might have known like the guy down at the Seven Eleven or something, and the guy just didn't I love know. How you just
2: pick like this. We might have known somebody like at the I don't know. We might have known somebody well, down at I'm, like the H E B over off a.
0: What I'm saying is is like even when I've known people who did heroin, I didn't know they were doing heroin at the time until I found out they were getting help like oh no shit that guy did got in heroin and like i i just don't and so, so like, way to
2: make it more ser- like serious all of us like well, okay, Ryan like, has a very special my, my point episode is to, of... to like
0: a 15 year old kid like like oh, he's a song about heroin like it made it more dangerous which
1: is when you're 15
0: you sure it, it all happened.
2: felt dangerous to me personally i don't know kevin what you got
1: well <laughs> so this is really interesting so I was digging into the rolling stone take on this and uh and they were talking about, like, kind of the, you know, and I do think that it's not really, it's, it's not very, um, you would not call it uh, very uh, pixies like, but there is a little bit of nope. the, the loud soft dynamic that they employ from time to time. And um, an early manager of this band said, of Axl Rose, that he has this very likable little boy personality, and then he has this demon dog from hell personality. Uh, Vicky Hamilton, an early manager, said the- co- this is the weird thing about this. Then she says the color of his eyes actually changes when he goes into this different person, and then they just leave it at that like
0: like like his eyes are like his mood ring,
1: I guess yeah yeah, yeah. I'll which bet is he is convenient. The world's biggest
0: pain in the ass to try uh, and manage
1: don 't you know he 's like,
0: like probably the world 's biggest pain in the ass period, period. just to be around uh I don't know, man. Like, I was reading that Rolling Stone article from 1991 earlier, and, like, he apparently was pleasant enough over lunch with a burger and some fries. Uh, But, like, most of that article is about, like, him showing up two hours late and provoking a riot in St. Louis and talking shit about, like, his home state fans and walking out uh, before an encore in Salt Lake City because he thought the Mormons were boring
2: and he didn't want to put anybody to sleep. He's just (laughs) a dick. James Hetfield, they went on tour together. James Hetfield was, like like crashing down doors to like go pick him up and beat the shit out of him because he kept doing that show after show after show like because well and, and so like they
0: were like the biggest of like the hair metal bands right before nirvana hit and i remember reading an interview with kurt cobain where he was like i was hanging out in a bar and like i'm already a famous person but i was just hanging out having a drink not bothering anybody and in walks axl rose he's got an entourage of like six or seven people just surrounding him and like fawning. And he's got bodyguards and shit. And he's like, he doesn't need it. He <laughs> no. just wants the attention. Right. And it, it, to me, like it was it was the two. It was like the like, let's get rid of the bloated excess assholeness and move on to something new. And then, of course, like we didn't entirely get rid of it, but it definitely
3: turned We're never going to get rid of it. I can say that I like you a lot more now that you don't run around with your entourage and bodyguards. That's right. Yeah, they
0: all quit because I wasn't paying them.
3: (laughs) They were just dudes. Let's do a few minutes with. Okay.
1: Hey. So we talked about um, at the open of the show that David Bowie's still dead, yeah, we and did. yeah, and so um, and folks have been reacting to that. Uh, I mean, it's not really news. They've been reacting to that uh, milestone, hallmark. Memorializing. They've been, they've been, yeah, they've been, they've been talking about today's date. Um, and uh, it occurred to me, like when I was thinking about, like I was like, what would be. Would be kind of a fun way to harken back that that is that doesn't that it would be different than what we did when we did our retrospective after he passed away, and um, I remembered the uh, Brazilian uh, songwriter uh, Sue Su- Jorge, who did the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou soundtrack, and he does an amazing uh, Portuguese version of Life on Mars, and so that's what we're gonna do.
0: Muitas vezes o coração não consegue compreender. O que a mente não faz questão, nem tem forças pra obedecer. Quantos sonhos já destruí e deixei escapar das mãos? Se o futuro assim permitir, não pretendo viver em vão. Meu amor, não estamos sós Tem um mundo a esperar por nós No infinito do céu azul Pode ter vida em Marte Então vem cá, me dá a sua língua Então vem, que
2: quero abraçar você
0: Seu poder vem do sol
1: yeah. So, if you saw The Life Aquatic, and you thought to yourself, "Hey, when Bowie dies, a couple of years after that happens, I'd really like to hear another song from that album," that's one of them. That's uh, I saw that Life that movie with
0: you. I don't remember that, but I could have been distracted. No, that's, distracted. that definitely wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, beautiful he, song, and like it, it proves the point. Like, good song is a good
1: song is a good song. I don't have to understand
0: it. It is a beautiful
3: song in any language, really. Yeah,
1: well, and it, you really notice things like sort of the the progressions, the way yeah, the like song really cool. moves. Well, he
2: was playing bossa nova chords. He wasn't playing what, what Bowie was playing. Like, that whole song was completely re- reinterpreted.
1: Well, you would hope so in a different language, I guess, to a certain
0: no, extent. No, no, no. I'm it, talking but it, about
2: the chords that he was playing. Like Shane is, playing. is
1: like a bossa nova
0: like savant those are like Brazilian
2: jazz chords like not those are definitely he's playing a lot of in-between chords in there that that are not in well maybe I'm
1: not articulating my point very well because I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about the sort of the specifics of what he was playing versus the way that Bowie would play it only that when you don't at least for me when I don't speak the language and you may be shocked to know that I don't speak Brazilian Portuguese uh you just – you find yourself noticing different things like the way that the song breaks, and that's what I was picking yeah, up. Yeah,
2: the melody is the same, and the melody is absolutely beautiful, like just gorgeous. That's, that's my fa- probably my favorite Bowie song.
1: It's Well, and it's such a – this um, – Sue's voice is super rich, and uh, a little bit of his backstory. He grew up in a town um, not far outside of Rio, and I guess when he was 19, he was – he w- w- ended up homeless and was that way for three or so years, um, but his music career flourished during that time. Like, I guess he just had time to play because, you know, what else are you to d- do? Didn't have rent, yeah. So yeah, he can fucking play, man. It, no, he totally can. And I mean, again, it's like for for a video that literally shows like almost nothing going on besides like just this guy in a sound booth playing, yeah,
0: in a recording engineer. And then he smokes a cigarette after.
1: Yeah, he was also Knockout Ned in uh, City of God. So, oh, it's like, a yeah. great fucking movie. Yeah. I thought that was so one yeah.
0: that is on my list that I have not got around to yet. And I am wrong.
1: And has received praise from many of his fellow musicians, including Beck and David Bowie, per uh, Wikipedia, which doesn't surprise me. If I were Bowie and I heard that version of my song, I'd be like, shit, yeah, sing it, that dude. are damn right, dude. Yeah. So it's when we talk royalties. about the words. Anyway. Yeah, so, uh, so wanted to share that with you fellows today.
3: That was a good one. It was apropos.
1: Well, I'm just waiting for it his version apropos. of Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. Oh, his version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm it's sure a good it's idea. It take 25 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. Keep looking. The, the truth is out there. All right, let's get back into it, kids. Please. <laughs> bitches.
0: Welcome
2: back to the jungle.
1: Yeah. Things are about to get dangerous.
2: Now you're making me want to
0: hear the John Sebastian cover of Welcome to the Jungle.
2: What's that? Who's John Sebastian? Welcome back. Oh, he's doing Welcome Back, Potter. Welcome back to the jungle. Welcome back,
1: Potter. We got fun and games. Welcome back, Axel. Does it shock you guys to to believe that uh, this band, around the time this record was being made, was by by some accounts difficult to work with
0: Okay, well okay, volatile that personalities, like talented volatile personalities, they got courted by a shit ton of major labels they because were getting, they were talented
2: as fuck. Yeah. Man.
0: These but these idiot asshole <laughs> hormonal young people Yeah, but they were also um, we being taken drug out addicts. Uh, drug addicts also not a good like factor in that uh, scenario. Were being taken to like Morton's Steakhouse. And l- allowed to order whatever the fuck they wanted in the hopes that
2: somebody would land this thing because they had all this crazy buzz. Look, dude, they were in their early 20s. I've seen dudes in their early 20s get way less than these guys have and act like they were fucking swinging dicks. You know, like, I'm not surprised at no, all. No, like,
0: people who, like, maybe get, like, a. a- hundred hundred people out to their show or something and like they think they had conquered the local scene
2: yeah, like I remember like seeing these band were I remain unnamed, but uh years ago, like this band who I knew uh, they were like uh yeah, exactly they had like hundred people come out to a show or something and then he went to like South by Southwest like you know where you check in and get your wristband all four people in the band had sunglasses on. With matching T-shirts, like yeah, that's just. Um, but I mean, hard to hard to watch. But I mean, also like you're talking about, but like, these guys literally
0: like kind of had the world at their disposal at this point, and yeah, they well, were.
2: Well, yeah, it was the it was the mid to late '80s, but also that period of LA was so competitive, and these guys did a different thing, and they floated above all of this. Cutthroat! All these guys like well. One of the guys that I we haven't brought up yet
0: that I think that we should is Izzy Stradlin. He actually came from, I, I'm not mistaken, it was Seattle. He did he come played, from Seattle, and he played in like punk bands. And I think that the tra- the interplay between he and Slash is like what really set them apart. It is,
2: from- but Izzy Stradlin also his writing. Like he was, he was the solid dude. He quit this band before the, or in the middle of the Use Your Illusion like, recording sessions. I can imagine, I'm sure.
0: like, I don't care how much money you're throwing at me. If I gotta spend, like, all day with Axl Rose.
2: Yeah, no, he was, dude. he was a solid adult and he was like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And it
0: really, like, I don't know Slash at all. Like, maybe he was, like, a decent dude to be around, but the entire fucking band left them. Fuck. And then, how long did it take Axl Rose to, I guess he, like, legally, like, was able to retain the name. I think, uh, as Guns I, Roses, to I put out I, Chinese Democracy,
2: like 15 years or some shit. Yeah, and then he was like playing with a dude that had a fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket Buckethead. on his head, and his name was Buckethead. Yeah.
1: So yeah. one one quick point of order, um, Izzy Stradlin was was one of Axl Rose's running buddies from uh, Lafayette, Indiana. It was Duff McKagan. That was from Seattle, okay, okay. and was playing. Yeah, like, yeah, but, I saw. I saw but yeah. Some,
0: yeah, I knew that they had some sort of. Well, he was connection. a, he was and a and good player, but too. there was like a punk element of this band, and the bass. Well, his badass was in his background, all it, yeah. the way through this record. That was the one thing that uh, I, you know, whether or not you think the production's thin, I thought the bass playing was rock solid all the well, way.
1: Well, and it. I think I don't. I can't speak for Mark; he's right here, but please, uh, yeah, but but I guess when I when we were talking about the the. That the record sounded a little bit thin. It wasn't because the notes weren't well executed. It just sounded like there was not like it misses. There's it's missing a richness to me. Like the, yeah, it's
3: so. yeah. It's that depth is lacking. I agree. You want
0: to pick us another song to listen
2: to?
3: Sure, man.
2: Let's listen to. Um, the, you know what? I like the last song, Rocket Queen, quite a bit. Actually, I think that. And also, can I say is like an Elton John cover? No. Close. Yeah, it's was, very close. Right. As, a, as a Coda lover, um, there are several songs on this album with Codas. And this song is a song with a Coda. However, I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear how stupid the goddamn lyrics are. But how brilliant the fucking, the the hook at the beginning is, with Sweet Child of Mine, of course. Um, it's a brilliant Little like guitar thing It sounds great And then goes into Maybe the worst lyrics I've ever heard in my life And then like this weird Creepy fucking coda Where it's like Where do we go Wait wait what Like you were just talking about Her hair reminds you Of a warm safe place Where as a child you lie Thank good grandmother and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, where do we go now? Like, it gets Will creepy. qualify as a coda
0: or, or more as a bridge? I no, guess it's they a coda. It's the very end. Yeah, I guess it is. It completely it, it changes. Just, it just elongates. Like,
2: no, it like, changes the entire song. It's a completely different part. It's at the very end of the song, and it goes out on it. It's a coda.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I
2: imagine you're right. So which one are we listening to? We listen to...
0: Sweet Child of Mine.
2: Okay. About this? I don't know. Well, well Kevin says coda
0: <laughs> you say that they love are coda people. He said that they were codependent and I said coda dependent. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's pretty good. It's a longer it's a, well, longer as a bumper sticker, but it's sure. a
2: songwriter that enjoys codas that was oh what was that? Uh, coda dependent was yeah, pretty good. I mean look, the music on that song is great, but goddamn those lyrics are fucking stupid, man. Well, they are. What was it like? Her hair reminds me of a warm, safe
0: place where well, as, as a, a child, I, I lie. As, and, as a child, I'd hide and pray for the thunder and the rain to quietly pass me by. Her hair reminds me of that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Where everything. like Every time
0: I've been really digging into a chick and I see her hair, I think of like wistfully
2: of a time that I used to go hide from the pain. It's just so goddamn dumb. Um, now and then when I see her face, she takes me away to that special place and if I stared too long, I'd probably break down and cry. Cry-yai. 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 Yeah. But on yeah. the lyrics, it's just cry. We're reading sure. the lyrics. Oh, sure. That producer Mark pulled up. Yes. Yeah. When in reality, he'd probably just flip out and like hit somebody. And then wait for like eight hours to show up and sing that song.
0: Yeah. I do think it's a good song. It's the first song I knew from this record. Uh, like Friends of mine were like, dude, you got to hear this. And I think it was the first single, but anyway, they were like, that that fucking get opening guitar hook, like, that is an earworm of earworms.
2: Yeah, dude, the whole song is pretty good. I mean, again, just get his goddamn voice, his goddamn lyrics out of it, and it's not so bad. But they were, this was like, like right
0: when they, that when they that, this song was like their rocket, <coughs> this song was like their rocket fuel to like, you know, this like kind of rock bloated stardom or whatever to the point like uh the next year was when the chili peppers were still kind of considered like an underground band or whatever and they put out i know you don't like them everybody gives me guff about them because i like one album no it's just because Um, you sound like an
2: old man like
0: fine i don't care i have a point to make um they, they had a song on Mother's Milk, which, again, the one Chili Peppers record I like. And the punk kids were all into the Chili Peppers. And then they fucking went and blew it all once they, they Somebody told
1: Anthony Kiedis he should sing
0: ballads really yeah, yeah, like, like an over and over and over again. Yeah. However, on Mother's Milk. Chili
2: Peppers was, used to be good.
0: It's really just one record that I like. <laughs> but anyhow, the um, the they have a song on Mother's Milk where they're like uh, – you're like, put us on MTV. All we really need begging on our knees. Please, 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 please. Which is ironic because later they became famous largely. Wh- like, I swear to God. But I like somebody's dad that's like complaining but about like their favorite. The country. outro like, yeah. to that particular song is them doing like a blistering uh, little do 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 do. Like just lampooning Guns N' Roses. Who, you know, to my teenage ears at the time, it was like,
1: yeah, fuck those guys.
0: These guys are the real deal. And then, of course, like Chili Peppers ended up being exactly the same thing. Uh, but anyway, it's a fucking earworm. Like, I can't deny it. Um, I don't know what Shane, Shane's like playing Tetris on his phone or something right now.
2: <laughs> well, look, I already said what I had to say. It was just funny. Just, you got really into that. But you know what? Well, people, they said this about Red Chili Pepper. Hey, just get off my lawn, dude. Oh, my God. I'm totally – I get off my long guide to my neighbors. Okay. Anyway, by the way, thank you guys for listening to uh, uh, Appetite for Destruction. And um, Kevin, what you got for a current affair? I
1: What's don't it? have a current affair. I did the middle. Uh, oh, shit. It's like, Never mind. Like
2: Ryan, Ryan a current affair. With I was Joe. just looking at Kevin, and he's got this cool, like, Astros. He's got Crush City with, like, eight shirt on.
0: Uh, Video game graphics on it Kevin visited uh, the Astros I got a picture today. taken
1: with the trophy today Yeah, that totally happened Yeah, I totally wish and I, I, on,
0: I was otherwise occupied Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll tell stories about that later But,
0: yeah. but anyway, I I heard a great song uh, Thank God it came out within the last year But it's, uh, it's by a band called The Preachers But it's uh, essentially take the C the, the out of Creatures And replace it with a P And that's how you spell it But uh, the song is called Girlhood So let's get into that
2: Nobody move.
0: girlhood and can, I, can I just pose a question to the room is anybody surprised that I like that song no that sounds great
2: not even slightly that song was fucking awesome man. no it's great yeah, it's I great. love that song yeah but you
0: know what but they're was, like the Australian Liz Fair or something well, like back in her prime but pride. better
2: yeah that's I was it, thinking, yeah. So I was thinking like when I was listening to that, I was like, "These guys, List is a great example. They're right on the precipice of stuff that like I really like, but if it like lists this way or lists this way, it goes in a territory that's just a little too much." So I'm like, it's. "But the writing it's was a really good. Pop song, but it's a little garagey, but it's but not it's but too, it's not too garagey." No. It's a little no, like that it's garage a, door is open. It's, it's not. It's like a little Jesse. It's just a one car man, garage. Not a <laughs> yeah.
1: What'd you say? It's that that garage door is open. Mark said it's a one car garage. It's so just we're, to let,
2: we're let some air. Yeah. And yeah. Like breathe. Yeah. You, it's
1: you want a it's well ventilated garage. You want it to circulate. Dude, yeah. I all.
2: love that fucking song. That was awesome.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I had an air instrument today. And I, that came on. And, hey, weekly KUTX plug. <laughs> like, yeah. came on KJX, like, Shazam, rules, by the way, Shazam is like the greatest app in the world especially like if you're yeah. busy and you're like I,
2: I have to Dude, know what KJX that is KJX is yeah. like the greatest radio station in the world because it's not completely curated in a way that's like this is what you're going to like you can listen to it and sometimes you're like I fucking hate this song and you go back and you're like oh wait I love this I would never hear this no listen is
0: Lori Gallardo who played this and I know her a little bit she's super cool she's and, very cool
2: but like she got to pick this though, like yeah I know. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like having it's like KXP in Seattle. Like having a radio station that's completely dedicated to music. That's it's it's curated. It's not curated based solely on what your what they what your their algorithm thinks your musical choices are going to be. Gives me the choice to listen to a radio station where like I could be like, one second I'm like, oh holy shit, it's fucking. You know, well, in some community-based radio
0: stations, like sometimes the stuff will be like way out there, but like they just kind of. So is
2: this sometimes. sometimes? Sometimes I hate it. Oftentimes yeah. I do, but you know, but then I get to go back and. But I'm it's like, always one that I, I'm, I never I would have of heard ahead. of this song before, had it not been for like a community-supported public. That you
1: used say, like community service. I had to do Well do, We'll
2: talk about My Fort- community service I One of these days Spent like, 14
1: hours Listening to really cool songs
2: One time I worked Community service and, and, My dad's and been I, paid. I had to go cut Like branches Off the side of the road And the guy That I was cutting him off I was in I was in high school I was 14 Right before high school And he's like What are you in here for And I was like We were like Chained together <laughs> Long story And I was like uh, I had an MIP And I was like What are you in here for and he's like I murdered my wife and her father with a chainsaw. I was going to joke and go, like,
1: murder. Like, literally. Yeah.
2: That yeah. is a very – So put I was a, like – no, 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 no. put no, a no, kid no, with no. a beard? Get me out of these handcuffs <laughs> on my ankles. And then he like, started laughing. No, he had a chainsaw. <laughs> but, yeah. So, was he
3: – he, That's a frightening story.
0: story. Like, no, no, just, no, no,
2: no. No, he wasn't. Oh, lovely. Because I had to do that for four weeks.
0: You would think the penal system would have a better handle. Oh, and the dude
2: that brought me to, anyway, well, well, the dude that brought me to work, this old guy, he would like, uh, he would fill up this like big styrofoam cup with ice and beer. He's like, and he's like the guy that worked for the county that was giving me a ride. He's like, you know why I drink beer on ice at like six o'clock in the morning? And I was like, you shouldn't be drinking beer at all. And he goes, I learned how to do it in Nam because Nam beer gets hot over there. So anyway. If I could leave you guys with Thank anything. Thank you for that diversion. <laughs> if, I, if I could leave you guys with anything.
0: Words of wisdom right there, man. If you're ever in it, NAMM. It's,
3: it's like, this. It's ice nam, your beer.
2: Ice your beer out. Okay. Or
3: drink it first thing in the morning.
2: Well, Well, no, because it was first thing in the morning, Mark. And Ryan, <laughs> what do you got for us next week? Uh, yeah, I've got a
0: record by a fellow that comes up a pay, uh, occasionally. Jed Nugent? Please, um, please, please, please. No, please, no it's Nugent. Lou Reed's 1989 album, New York. Which I've never heard all the way through. What's Uh, it about? (laughs) Uh, Probably drugs and grit. Yeah, or New York. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know if everybody. Shane, have you heard all the way through?
2: I've never heard it, but I'm not. Can I? Can I ask? Can I posit this question to this room? Is anyone surprised in the least bit that Ryan picked Lou Reed for one of his album choices?
1: No, but. I, th- well, I think I've told my Lou Reed story, but I'll save that for next week. We, we can rehash yeah, it. Yeah, I do. yeah, do. Uh,
0: I, I didn't pick up Velvet Underground. I mean, I know most of that shit. so I know, We're but come on. We I just, want to be able to right, talk about Lou Reed. It's, it's ex- right in it's your It's exciting wheelhouse. to me. Uh, okay. So, yeah.
2: And
3: anyhow.
1: All right. Well, till next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan.
3: I'm Shane. And I'm Mark.
1: This is Somebody Likes It.